to Sweet Potato, the podcast about things that are excellent. Uh, we are going to uh, share with you some recommendations for uh, items or concepts or products that you can that we love or uh, at least think you should know about. Um, and my name is Rick Larson, and my hosts are are my co-hosts uh, Rebecca. I- <laughs> um i'm the associate co-host i think so. yeah, yeah um i'm rebecca i totally forgot how to introduce myself i'm rebecca <laughs> i'm a person I'm a, I'm a human being um and this is jose uh yeah i'm jose. i'm also an so <laughs> i'm also an associate co-host uh and uh, i'm also a person or I could be, I could be, be a, a cyborg. Cats. Yeah, or a cyborg. Um, yeah, I think I haven't even, I don't even remember how I introduced myself on the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't either. I like the loose, uh, the loosey goosey intros anyway. Like we'll get more, uh, more, uh, more to our personalities than. Uh, like a list of credits or any su- supposed artificial interesting facts that does make me uh, think about the word host and co-host and um, it going all the way back to childhood because I don't know if I mentioned this on the previous episode but like my like childhood band of like three the three of us that would like hang out at each other's houses we all had like comedy aspirations to be on Saturday Night Live when we were going and it was just gonna like it was just gonna happen like it wasn't uh Mm -hmm. even like a daydream it was just like okay we're already practicing like our little uh mugging to the camera and these are the characters I'm gonna do and these are the characters (laughs) you're gonna do um and somehow we were talking about doing some kind of show and we had a huge argument and like I said we were 11 or 12 years old had a huge argument about whether like a co-host was Hmm. like beneath a host or if you had two hosts they were just both the co-host and that was my Um, take on it like we're co-hosting this but my friends were of the opinion that like the host was the main person and then the co-host was like a sidekick Right. Maybe yeah, that, like the Andy Richter yeah. to your Conan O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. So maybe okay. that maybe both can be accurate, but yeah, neither one of them is automatically correct and the other one wrong. So maybe right. maybe we were both wrong. And maybe, you know, 30, 40 years later, we've all learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> that actually reminds me of uh the word bimonthly. Which oh, I, yeah. because it can at like and I looked up because I was like it can't like for you know for most of my life and it's affected me all of my life that bi-monthly could either mean twice within the same month mm-hmm. or er- essentially every other month uh it's so alternating yeah, yeah and it's just like not yeah they're opposite that's a it's bad design yeah, and and apparently biweekly is because uh, I was like, well, then let's look at biweekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of it biweekly as being twice, you know, twice a month, like every other other. Oh, week. like every other week. Okay, that's, uh, but, that's what I was going to yeah. say too. But yeah. it's not. But well, yeah, it biweekly can, be. It can, can be. also mean. Yeah, so biweekly can also mean like twice a week. So, mm. like, if you like. I have a bi-weekly, uh, I do, I volunteer bi-weekly, uh, could mean I volunteer twice a week. Uh, I I think it's madness. I don't think it should be allowed. Yeah. Neither no, do I. That's, that's chaos. And frankly, I'm surprised that we've put up with it for this long. I mean, how long have we gone with having, like, these are, these are important words that we need as a part of our vocabulary to be able to say, um, hey, let's, let's get together twice a week is really different than saying hey let's get together every two weeks and mm. to have um this amount of um disagreement about yeah. one word 
it's it's frankly it's madness i'm surprised that our society has been left standing and it doesn't yeah, yeah it doesn't it's not even like it is a regional thing or like one person it right. always means this to that one person so every time mm -hmm. you schedule something bi-monthly then you have to have the conversation well do you mean <laughs> and that's the opposite of what words are supposed to do words are supposed to define things and, and make <laughs> yeah, our lives easier is yeah what that functionally means is that you can have the word bi-monthly also be the same thing as bi-weekly right mm -hmm. yeah that is oh. what, that's even that's an extra layer of confusion oh man yeah so that's what we need to do is come up with one word that replaces the overlap and then the other one they, bi weekly can mean twice a week and bi-monthly can mean every other month and then I Whatever maybe some word. I maybe using a prefix uh, a prefix that like is based in in a duo or dual. I like it. Yes. Yeah. I, like I also and I may edit this out because I was like super excited to make this joke and then I was like no that's really bad. And then <laughs> um and then I was like well if I phrase it in terms of I didn't want to make this joke, I can still make it. Um, and then we can cut it out if it's awful. But I was going to say that can either mean twice for each sex or every other sex, but I think the thing that I like about there's plenty did not like about that joke, but the thing that I like about it is that it <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm just enjoying the gibberish of it more than than uh, making comments okay. about anyone's uh, about anyone's uh, lifestyle or mm -hmm. their life choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Um, right, so there's some other it? words. That... Oh, good. No, yeah, other words. Oh, well, I just wanted to point out because I love this. Um, like the word cleave. Um, mm. means like two opposite things, but it's just one word, but it means two opposite things. And I know that there's a bunch of words like that, mm -hmm. um, but I think just for efficiency's sake, we should at some point as a group, just go through these words and like say, okay, let's keep the definition for to mean this. Yes. And like, it no longer means that because well, well, what um, are we doing? Yes, we should start a committee to make these choices mm -hmm. and yeah. the committee should meet bi-weekly <laughs> fantastic <laughs> oh, no. every other week <laughs> yes i think the only like interesting fact about my twitter at all is the i uh set my profile picture one day and i have never changed it like i've always had the same one <laughs> Nice. It, it is me at Safeway. Uh, one day I was there and I got in line and I was in line behind a clown <laughs> and her like preteen daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was somebody in, in front of her as well. They were buying um, uh, hamburgers and hamburger buns. Um, and I was like, well, this is never going to happen again. So <laughs> I asked the clown if I could get a picture with her. And so we took that picture and then it, it is, I've never, um, I've changed my picture on other social media, um, largely out of like, uh, um, when my daughter was super young, she took a picture of me where like she cropped my head off. And so um, I, I just used that one. That was my, that was my Google plus profile picture for several years. Oh, wow. um, and then, yeah, it was, so it was usually like, there was one time she drew a picture of me as a baby and I was like, okay, I'm making that my, my profile. <laughs> so Facebook, I've had maybe eight different pictures in, you know, 12 to 15 years, but um, I think at this point, I will never change my Twitter profile, even if I start uh, actively tweeting again. I think it's just me and the clown forever. 
<laughs> I did like that photo a lot. I liked that photo. And Jose, you used a you used um a Kurt Vonnegut illustration for a long time, right? Yes. The, remember the uh, right? Kurt yeah. Vonnegut's uh the butthole in Kurt Vonnegut's uh Slaughterhouse Five. That's is, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it Slaughterhouse Five or is it Breakfast of Champions? Oh no, you're correct. Breakfast of Champions. Um, Yeah, I don't like a um, because I like Kurt Vonnegut and I think it's funny. (laughs) That's it's a (laughs) that's a drawing of a butthole and that it's an asterisk kind of. And then I think uh, I don't like I. To be honest, there's part of me who's like maybe I chose it because I am an asshole and mm-hmm. uh or, or like at least online because i can be jerky online especially to i'm uh, like i'm not gonna try to justify this as a good thing but i'm very much like we should bully bullies um mm-hmm. and so i definitely can play that role sometimes on online like not on twitter like i've kind of i don't want to say i'm done with twitter even though it's been uh, driven into the ground by Elon Musk, <laughs> but they recently uh, cut off access to third-party Twitter apps, which means that you have to use like the official Twitter app uh, for at least for iPhone. Um, and it is terrible. Like I've never liked the stock Twitter app. Um, like yeah. I've used something called Echo Phone since almost hmm. uh, the beginning of Twitter. And uh, besides that, uh, another one called Tweetbot. And uh, and because, you know, there are all these very bad decisions being made, um, they're trying to get people to use the official Twitter app uh, and have cut off access to other apps that uh, to access Twitter. And so I've really not been motivated to, to be on Twitter at all. Although like yeah. through muscle memory, I end up accidentally like uh, going through my phone and tapping on it and then it like comes up like (laughs) hey thanks for thanks for being a user of echo phone unfortunately due to circumstances blah 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 Uh um yeah so in any case uh yeah the butthole from (laughs) from breakfast of (laughs) champions by kurt vonnegut uh which i also that's my instagram uh or, or like my instagram um avatar or whatever it's called is uh, I decided to make the the like a asterisk by putting uh, black electrical tape and just making it on my arm <laughs> and oh, taking nice. a photo of that. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's clever. Um, yeah. Is I, your arm hairy? Yeah. It, uh, I, uh, yes, but I don't know if it, I don't know how much it shows up on uh, okay. like as like on instagram yeah as how hard like, was oh, it to take holy... it back off though afterwards oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah i it must have been i mean i just like standard probably a little less than uh it hurt less than a band-aid oh, okay. uh, because it wasn't stuck there very oh. long yeah. yeah um yeah what's funny is i actually started using instagram to spite someone else <laughs> because uh, as someone who was in the uh, the legendary Phoenix social media scene, um, was goofing on Instagram and he was calling it like hipstagram, um, <laughs> because of because like when it came out, it was it like, was. yeah, yeah, it, it was. was very hipster, and it, I, yeah, because of the the filters and this and that, and you mm-hmm. know, just the whole idea of just like here's an app that at the time replicates being uh or can replicate being like a polaroid photo with by using this oh, filter to right. make photos you know whatever so wasn't it called uh, i remember like that filter was called like hipstamatic i think wasn't it there was yeah so first there was i think i can't remember if it was before instagram but there was there was a uh an app called hipstamatic oh, okay. which okay. was a way to edit photos to make them look uh look polaroidish and you know Um, filters that do whatever effects uh and then like instagram either basically kind of ripped off the idea and was like let's make a social media network thing um but yeah in any case this person was uh very much was uh joking about and like how much they hate it and i was like all right well i'm gonna sign up (laughs) 
and I, my, it, I think my first Instagram photo might be a screenshot of their tweet, but I like, <laughs> I would, I would actually have to scroll back through my own profile to make sure that that was true. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I, I remember that too. And I just today um, put a filter on a photo just cause it made it brighter. And I was like, mm-hmm. I remember when this was all Instagram was, and now I just skip over them. Like, uh. yeah, it's, it's yeah. some of them are neat and like artistic looking, but at the same time, like there's zero effort. So I'm like, uh, I don't know that like it improves anything uh, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see some some I want to see some effort out there is my <laughs> my take on it. But I never got into Instagram because it was also like image based and like mm. I'm really better with text. Mm. You know, um, I couldn't figure out like how to how to translate like what I liked about social media into images. I guess. Mm. Yeah, um, I couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And now, in fact, just last night I was talking to my friend Maddie um, and he was like, I have to message you um, through Instagram and I know that you look at it on Facebook. And he's like, why don't you ever check your Instagram? And I was like, well, I I mostly only use Facebook to keep in touch with people from Phoenix um, or like family. I have some family members on there and that's all I really use it for. But um, I never really caught on to to Instagram and then by the time I was maybe even ready to to do it um because everybody had dipped out of of Facebook um everybody had dipped out of Instagram too (laughs) and I think they had (laughs) like gone to TikTok but now they're not even doing TikTok anymore I think and then at some point people went to like WhatsApp and um what was the other one called oh Snapchat yeah Snapchat Mm. and then I know then I just lost track um, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, is everybody just not doing social media anymore, or I feel are like they all on? I feel like, that, on? I feel like that's a a large part of it. No, because I joined a couple of them. I did a Mastodon, and I have a Hive, and I have another yes. one. I think it's called Counter, and I just oh. haven't found like the same people that I was associated yeah. with on other things yeah i i tend to think that of myself too that oh, i'm better in text but i was yeah. just thinking about this earlier this week that like the most popular stuff i've ever put online like the that connected with the most people was all like memes and mm. very like image-based stuff that's true and, the, uh, the most popular thing i ever did on facebook was a picture of a gas line that I said was trying to be a pineapple. <laughs> like that nice. was the most, <laughs> that was the most um, popular thing that it, that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I don't know what the, like, uh, you know, <laughs> like I've definitely, I can't, I couldn't remember uh, exact specifics, but there have been some, some, uh, so replying to certain Facebook posts that have gotten like a thousand likes or whatever oh, because yeah. I was mm-hmm. being uh you know uh like <laughs> like I love it when uh when police departments post like photos of like bus that they do and it's mm-hmm. like here's like a here's a thimble full of weed and like yeah some car keys and uh, $20 bills and a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a nail pile. Blood from the <laughs> yeah. bottom of a lake. Yeah. There, there, yeah, there was a, there was a, uh, it, a like, God damn. There was a, a bus that had like a, it looked like a, a toy gun from like pirates of the Caribbean or something <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> and the same one. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah and uh i for whatever reason those uh, uh, like those have been fun to do and like probably have gotten more reactions than anything i've i've ever done online (laughs) uh although like i remember when twitter was like i was just talking i ran into a friend 
uh, yesterday who I literally maybe haven't seen in person for like six or seven years. And uh, she was on Twitter pretty, uh, you know, she was pretty active on Twitter and she was there, you know, I like I got on Twitter, I think, in late 2008 or like early 2009. Uh, and mm-hmm. like it's just a, it was just a different animal then because it was just mostly yeah. I, or at least the best of Twitter at that time was just like just very funny joke writing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah. even even now, like there there are a lot of, you know, really cool, interesting, informative Twitter threads that happen now, but like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think like that, <laughs> there, like there were, there was a certain like social justice, uh, push online uh, via Twitter, but like for the most part, it was people trying to just post stuff that was interesting. Not that, you know, yeah. not that social justice concerns aren't interesting, <laughs> but like it, it was this more definitely just like goofing off and trying to entertain other people whether through jokes or um or like i i mean it, very early on it was very like tech news heavy um so uh, yeah and then at some i think one of the big turning points was and, and like i remember uh certain uh <laughs> certain tech people expressing anxiety over this but basically uh, when Oprah basically was like, hey, you should know about Twitter, this very cool thing that people are doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And like that brought like a, like so many new people because like she was so mainstream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember That's there were people who were, yeah, there were, I, there were people who were upset, like just irrationally so, uh, mm-hmm. that like trending topics started being about like stuff like news events or especially like music and pop culture things that were happening Mm -hmm. and trending topics like turned away from like you know here's this apple announcement about a new ipad or whatever so uh i that was kind of like that's what i remember as like the turning point for uh for it to be more <laughs> more than a bunch of nerds on, on, <laughs> on the- that's that's really funny because um i joined the same week that oprah did she did that. oh whoa it wasn't oh, really? why i joined but literally my first or second tweet was like i'm on twitter hi oprah like <laughs> <literally>. <laughs> it was I, I had totally forgotten about that but that was my yeah my my first foray was was when uh yeah was when oprah oprah joined i just realized we've been recording for quite a while and i did sure. not do an intro so i think i will oh. jump kind of pop in and do one and then edit it back <laughs> into the beginning <laughs> okay when i moved here to new orleans um mm-hmm. i learned about boudreau and Thibodeau jokes boudreau and Thibodeau being Cajun names, like very popular mm-hmm. and common Cajun names. Um, and they're like in this joke um, setup, they are generally brothers or um, relatives, sometimes just neighbors. And it's kind of a play on like, um, on like you might be a redneck if, um, or like the dumb blonde joke. Um, but there's various um, there's various jokes. I'm trying to think of one that is um, clean because <laughs> some of them are clean. And <laughs> and um, um, okay, here's one. Um, Clotilde, which is a, a, a feminine name. Um, Bidro to the word. Today, had been out for a few days with the flu. Boudreaux asked him how he was feeling. Ah, I'm a lot better, thanks. You know, if it was a wonderful experience, he replied. Boudreaux asked, wonderful. How can the flu be wonderful? Well, I learned that my Clotilde really loves me. You know that whenever the mailman came back, I would do a Cajun accent, but I'm really, really bad at Cajun accents. Um, you know that whenever the mailman came by or the milkman headed toward the door, Clotilde ran out to meet him and I could hear her yell, all excited, yelling at them. My husband is home. My husband is home. 
Okay, so basically the joke is that Clotilde is stepping out on her husband, oh. um, Thibodeau, and um, he has interpreted this to mean that she, that by her actions, that she truly loves him. So Thibodeau is kind of the 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 dummy, the fool in this okay. scenario, and um, again taking the the um um they, like the dumb blonde trope you know um and yeah. then i heard of this other joke from sweden and they're called belmont jokes and um basically it's the same thing um mm -hmm. swedish people have jokes about this person named belmont um i believe he's a man um but in their version belmont is like like a little bit of a yokel but also um but also he tends to like come out on top in the end like he's the uh, like yeah. he's the hero so like it'll be like um the joke will be um a russian a german and belmont we're going to swim in a race to see who could swim the farthest. And the Russian swims um, for one kilometer and he gets really tired and he drowns. And the German uh, swims for five kilometers and he gets very tired and he drowns. And Bellman, um, he swims for 10 kilometers and he gets okay. really tired. <laughs> So he turns around and he swims back. Oh, so, nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he's dumb, right? Like mm -hmm. he's a dumb guy, but also he's superior to the German and, um, and the Russian. Yeah. Um, and I liked this joke because like the national identity is not just like, first of all, like this gets told um by about like all swedes it's not just mm -hmm. like a certain region of sweden it's just like all swedes yeah. and they've added this extra this ex this extra layer of like sure he's dumb but he's also like low-key the hero of yeah, yeah of the joke physically there's a there's a marx brothers routine from one of their movies where they're flying across the atlantic and they run out of gas halfway and have to fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what that one makes me think of and uh i, like that. I think i think it's a whole run because i know it's it's chico that says it and i know one of the times they try to they try to make it they uh they forgot the plane and then they i think not only do they get halfway and run out of gas there's one time when they get like right to the other airport and, uh, yeah, they turn around and go back home <laughs> and i think they i think the the like ending punchline of the bit which i'm totally murdering they uh they they end up taking a boat and that's how we flew across the atlantic <laughs> that's great like yeah, yeah those are the yeah i like the yeah the kind of there's just a strain of jokes that are like that where like kind of the character that you think is going to be the dumb uh yeah rural person ends up being the like smarter in the ways of the world uh, <laughs> one about uh like somebody like a city a lawyer hunting and he shoots a duck and it lands on this guy's farm so he goes to get it and the and the the farmer stops him and he's like well we have uh we have a uh we'd settle things a certain way here. And, and so, um, uh, I forget what, there's a name for it, but he's like, I'm gonna, like, we're gonna kick each other and whoever like, uh, whoever gives in first loses. And the lawyer's <laughs> like young and, and, and uh, in the prime, in prime of his life and this guy's all old and he thinks, oh, there's no way I'm, this guy's gonna beat me. So I'll, I'll just listen to his dumb things. So the farmer comes over, he's got his big, heavy farmer boots and he just kicks the guy so hard. And um, like he falls to the ground wincing. 
And then, uh, and then he gets up and he's like, well, that, that hurt a lot, but I can beat this guy. And then the farmer's like, you know what? Just keep, take the duck. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I don't know if either it was, uh, I had a job in my early twenties where, um, I worked outside and I drove a forklift and mm. the guys that I worked with were all 10 to 15 years older than me. And they loved the, what was then a classic rock station. Mm -hmm. And I think it has since become like the alternative rock station, but this was 20 years before that happened. And they had kind of the regular, like classic rock morning DJ guys who would take phone calls and yammer. And these guys, everybody that I worked with just absolutely adored this show. And at 7.15 every morning, we would stop working and crowd around the radio because they would tell the joke of the day. <laughs> literally like joke book, like joke book. I don't know if anybody remembers when like uh, the bookstore at the mall sold a book of truly tasteless jokes. Oh yep. yes. Super racist, super sex, like yep. super gross. Mm -hmm. um, and so they and, were, like, they were. Uncle would always get it for Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it was very uncle humor based. And mm -hmm. these jokes mostly came from there, but they were the clean ones. And they were mostly <laughs> Polish jokes, but they changed from being like the anytime it was like a Polish guy does this, they changed it to be a guy from Gila Bend. Oh my God. <laughs> no. I don't, because I you remember this exactly. Yes, because that like, because uh, there were kids in my class uh, <gasps> or like in school who would like recite the like joke of the day and it was just like what is the like because uh, I know <laughs> I'm gonna say his name uh, Dave Pratt that like oh, it was I remember Dave Pratt yeah it wasn't it wasn't Dave Pratt he was on a different oh. station okay well never mind it um, was KDKB I'm just gonna name them and we'll we'll have legal deal with them yeah okay. yeah that's right um, <laughs> but i i remember I that Pratt did very similar stuff too yeah i i do remember that like for some reason gila bend was like uh for whatever reason a hilarious joke to people because yeah. i'm sure gila bend is like uh kind of rurally and maybe a little backwoods mm -hmm. uh but like <laughs> yeah that that was like uh yeah where where dumb people came from because yeah. gila bend is <laughs> hilarious yeah gila bend. Kind of weird, like how do you pick gila bend and not like goodyear or like I, I, yeah you know i don't i, mean? I don't like, know how... maybe maybe the the radio station petered out before it got to gila bend but they could listen yeah. to it in <laughs> They would just never hear the criticism or, or people trying to fight back against those stereotypes. Because Gila Bend does have a UFO themed restaurant. Yes, they do. That I always oh. love stopping it's a hotel. at. Isn't it a hotel? It is also a hotel. I've only ever been to the restaurant. Oh, okay. I've never been uh, to the restaurant. Is it, a, is it a diner? It is. And it's, it is a it's diner. got like a big flying saucer on the roof. Yes. Yeah. And it's good times. Inside the theme is probably like just the right amount of like commitment to the bit. Like <laughs> it's kind of it's it's kind of like pleasantly disappointing. Like, oh, this is exactly as bad as I want it to be. <laughs> but we did have a we did have I tried to take uh I tried to take some new people there the last road trip I did and uh <laughs> babies. Um, and and I can't remember if if one of her kids was with us or if it was just my daughter but we went in and they were fairly busy but for whatever reason like we stood there for like almost 20 minutes just completely invisible and we eventually like left and went to McDonald's or something like that <laughs> Yes, it, we went to McDonald's and there was a drunk man who was fighting with the 
with the workers and like uh had some kid like break down and like i can't i can't deal with you anymore and like had to get a manager and and then the punchline to the story was like when his food was ready and they all called his number none of the other customers wanted to like somebody's like oh he they called it number 18 and everybody else i'm not (laughs) telling him (laughs) i talked to that guy (laughs) that's funny yeah Uh, yeah, okay. for some reason, I was, uh, so earlier when it was mentioned, uh, the guy who was kind of unwittingly outwit everybody because he was dumb, I guess, uh, and who was able to swim back uh, and be, mm-hmm. <laughs> not drown. Uh, for some reason, that reminded me of, uh, so Aesop, which I don't even know if if like kids are exposed to Aesop's fables. Uh, I have a sense that they're probably not. Um, so if there are any, if there's anybody out there younger than 20 years old listening to this, you can uh, let us know. However, however feedback is handled. I don't know. This is such a big corporation. I just come yeah. into the office and we, you know, hit record. Um, <laughs> but uh, Aesop, uh, Aesop's fables were a thing where it's like you have these uh, little stories to convey uh convey morals and messages and whatnot uh so tedious right um <laughs> but then uh, uh but any ca- in any case they're like you know clever little stories um and Aesop though uh was yeah supposedly this very wise person uh and in Greece apparently was actually a slave who worked for you know who whoever I guess oh. purchased him and and some other people to work as slaves to do things for them uh which is terrible um but apparently like in uh, greek yeah ancient greece that was uh acceptable uh or to them not me i'm just saying (laughs) they found it acceptable because it's part of their yeah 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 oh um in any case uh but like uh apparently whoever was their uh their master like was traveling a long distance and of course was having his slaves you know do the hard work of hauling things around um and apparently Aesop decided to uh to like get the bag (laughs) get the package the bag or whatever it was with all of the food for the entire trip and Mm -hmm. It, it was like the biggest, heaviest thing of all of the loads that people were individually able to carry. Mm-hmm. And so apparently he got like made fun of by the other slaves and were just like, you're so dumb. It's so big. But <laughs> the thing is, during the journey, during this travel, yeah. you eat the food and the load gets smaller. Uh, so by the time, so yeah. And yeah. It, this was, uh, oh, I don't know, right. wherever I read this as a kid, that was the example of like, how clever he was because he saw that uh yeah it would not be pleasant early on carrying this big heavy uh heavy package or whatever it was but that it would ease over time because you were consuming its contents oh that is interesting yeah i had never i'd never heard that about Aesop. that's that's fascinating so the moral of the story is it's okay to become like a workaholic and like Mm-hmm. become addicted to workahol and to <laughs> did you say um, get addicted to workahol yeah <laughs> um, so it's okay to get addicted to workahol because as the day goes on more and more people leave the office and you mm. can do less and less work and but you still are seen as the workaholic that's addicted to workahol <laughs> yeah. okay now I'm trying you to know, think how to. You're a chocoholic and you're addicted to chocohol. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Monkey, like a monkey on my back. A chocolate monkey. <laughs> um, Jose, do you have a recommendation for us? Oh man, do I ever? Um, okay. actually, so I sent this to uh to our group chat earlier because I'm just so amused by this um <laughs> so last night wow how did I, uh, somehow uh, this came up oh i it, there's uh because 
I have no idea when people will hear this. Um, but the Grammys just happened. And, um, and so, you know, of course, Beyonce and Jay-Z were there and, uh, you know, at least on Reddit, there was conversation about Jay-Z and Beyonce and how, you know, cause it's like, they make good music, but they also like, uh, ardent capitalists and, uh, and someone, I don't know, they were making fun of Jay-Z. Uh, which is uh, also, murdered people, right? Like, he's a, I think he's a legitimate target for satire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I also think he's a, a legitimate target for satire. As far as <laughs> murdering people, I don't know. Uh, I like by his own, you know, he's claimed. I thought by his own admission, yeah. He's uh, like apparently uh, he shot his brother growing up. Oh. Um, like you uh, do. Like they they had some sort of dispute, but as far as okay. uh, you know, but like a lot of rappers claim to murder people. Um, okay, fair enough. But like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I don't know. Uh, who knows? Um, but one th- for some, you know, in this uh, round of people <laughs> like poking fun at Jay Z, someone posted uh, a link to a uh, to a video on YouTube. Uh, so that revolves around the song Monster, which was a song that was, uh, it's a Kanye West song uh, that features uh, Rick Ross, Jay-Z, and notably Nicki Minaj. This was, uh, and I had to look it up. This was in 2010. Uh, but Nicki Minaj was just very early, uh, you know, pretty early-ish in her career. Um, and she was getting uh, some momentum. But uh, her verse on Monster uh, actually got her a lot of attention of attention because it was a her performance of it was really good and there's also a video that accompanies it and uh, she comes off uh, uh, really great in it uh, and oh, cool. that, that's fun but <laughs> Jay-Z uh, in his uh, the song is called Monster uh, you know talking about being a monster and big and outrageous and uh, scary or whatever Loving cookies and loving cookies but yeah uh, apparently uh jay-z kind of took the title literally and to be the theme of the song because he started and i'm not going to wrap it like jay-z but he starts out his verses sasquatch godzilla king kong loch ness goblin ghoul a zombie with no conscience uh (laughs) question what do all these these things all have in common everybody knows i'm a motherfucking monster uh and yeah, perfectly fine. Uh, perfect, perfectly fine. Uh, perfectly fine lines. But like, someone then edited his verse to be, and you can uh, search it on YouTube uh, under the title "Jay Z's Monster Verse," but it's just him listing monsters. So after Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness. Goblin, ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. <laughs> Someone edited using his, you know, using his words and editing, chopping up syllables into these words. So he goes into like Dracula's, uh, the monsters, uh, chupacabras, uh, and this was I was in bed at like three a.m. Uh, I'd woken up and couldn't get back to sleep. So of course the, the you know, my solution to that was to uh to be on my phone which would keep me awake longer and uh and like i want and i had to stifle like i hurt myself trying not to laugh so that i would have make wake my wife up in bed because it's just like i don't know the, i just even the idea of jay-z just rattling off like 30 to 40 names of different kinds of creatures uh and so like, now yeah, and like I've probably ruined it for anybody listening to this because it's way better probably just experience with not with no idea what it's about I, uh, I think I'm always going to love it no matter how much it yeah so yeah um, but like, yeah. oh man I could not uh Have, yeah <laughs> just oh boy I just you thought, all yeah oh good no just uh, again the thought of just Jay-Z just like having a deep knowledge of like crypto <laughs> cryptozoological uh, <laughs> phenomena have the like the dungeons and dragons manual in his hand <laughs> yeah or, orcs gorgons orcs, yeah. sprites pixies the beholder um 
Oh, the gelatinous cube. I think that's my favorite <laughs> one. I, oh, this is a total tangent and not what I was go- originally going to say, but I wanted to do uh, a long time ago, a Twilight parody where instead of the, instead of falling in love with a vampire, it was the gelatinous cube from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Just like a, is that a real thing? Gelatinous cube. There is a, yeah, it's a, it's a gelat, it's a, basically a cube of jello that's kind of like the blob, the old movie where it like sucks you in and disintegrates you. So, but yeah, it is a, it is a real, um, and I say this as someone who has never actually played D&D, but I know that it is a, I think it, yeah, I think they should That's give it a character. shout out in uh, the first Wayne's World movie, maybe. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the heavy hitter. Talk about a gelatinous cube. And I think I like, loved that joke. And then I to asked my friend about it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a real D&D monster. <laughs> teen it just didn't seem that scary. Like just a cube of jelly. Yeah, it, like, I don't think it moves around or anything. Like you have to actually oh. like stumble into it. But yeah, that does not sound scary. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but the thing is, though, like because I also know nothing about uh, about that thing in D&D in that context but like i imagine like if you you know if you are messing around like and you end up getting absorbed into it or like what whatever it does like it mm-hmm. it should be your fault because it's it's just a gelatinous cube just hanging out not <laughs> bothering anybody and then you just like <laughs> yeah, yeah stomp through it's like a and, jellyfish it's just very passive yeah 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 <laughs> man yeah um all right is anybody familiar with the uh the monster rap from the reboot the like netflix version of mystery science theater no jonah ray does in the first episode it's uh i want to say it's reptilicus is the name of the movie and it's like a swedish ripoff of godzilla and rodan and all that and they they thaw out a prehistoric monster um and in one of the one of the host segments um jonah ray and the bots do a rap song about how every country (laughs) has a monster Hmm. it's it's very good yeah that's true every i mean yeah Yeah. like mexico has the chupacabra cabra um we have sasquatch Mm -hmm. scotland has the loch ness yeah I think these are all, um, yeah, yeah, straight from the song. I think he mentions the chupacabra. I know he mentions um, uh, it, there's a... Uh, Wait, is ours the Yeti or the Sasquatch? Or am I talking about the I, same person? I think I think they're closely related. Or is like Canada or like the people, Yeti? Yeah, yeah okay. Sasquatch and Bigfoot are the US and Canada. And then the Yeti is like the Himalayas. Oh, okay. Mm. It's kind okay. of like a brown bear versus a polar bear. Like it's related, right. but it, it's specific. <laughs> it's specifically <laughs> adapted to the snow. Okay. But yeah, oh, wow. I'll, I'll I'll dig up that link as well, and we can share that out to people too, because it's. I like that. Very. It's a very funny. Yeah. Very funny. The only the only um, submission I have for this this conversation is. Tracy Jordan's um, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah song, which is isn't a rap at all, but um, <laughs> I, I sing that song. Going now, yeah, it's, yeah, we should. Um, I think I sing Werewolf Bar Mitzvah to myself at least like two or three times a week. I sing it. Yes, yes. I, I get more into it during Halloween, and I consider yeah, doing it as a Halloween costume, but I haven't, I haven't ever committed to it. But and when I get around thirteen year olds, like yeah, it really. Yeah. Definitely yeah. comes out. Um, no, I actually have a Jay Z story though. I know I, I oh. feel like I'm of the three of us, I'm the least likely to have a Jay Z story, but I do have one. He was on a daytime talk show. My gut says Ellen, but I, I can't confirm. And they were, for whatever reason, they were like talking about like, what people were were good at and like what do you like i don't know some kind of like talking yourself up kind of thing mm-hmm. 
And Jay-Z said that his talent was for making hit records. And the audience kind of laughed because they <laughs> sounded very, like, uh, uh, very conceited, maybe. Sure, yeah. <laughs> He's just like... His exp- like his expression just dropped, and he said to the crowd, "What? I'll do it right now. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it right now." <laughs> Sounds like fucking like Cartman from the, yeah. from the South Park. <laughs> I, just, I, yeah, I love that story so much. What you think I'm lying? Yeah. <laughs> what you don't believe me? You think I can't? I'll do it right now. <laughs> You think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> that that was when he uh, recorded a uh, a diss track against the audience at Ellen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I want to think to like in my mind to the only way to heighten this would be if he like pulled out a ukulele and just started to ask, like, <laughs> making up a song off the top of his head. I lived in San Diego for a while and um, I had a job at the fancy mall and um, I was, I was coming, me and my friend were coming back from, from lunch, from our lunch break. And um, there are these two kids, two or three kids in front of us, um, really short. So like, I mean, they're really, there's no way they were even in like in junior high yet. Um, And this is the fancy rich people mall, mind you. Mm -hmm. And this one kid's like, man i hate it when sixth graders come here acting a little hard you ain't hard <laughs> like, i just pictured i just pictured jay-z at ellen <laughs> yeah. like, oh man i bet yeah that sixth grade jay-z was pretty hard though, too. i bet he was i bet he was <laughs> well, I just, but like I just you like... can't be you can't be all hard and like going on ellen like you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, that's also true yeah. well i also like the idea of someone being like yeah he's like i'm hard you're not hard and then like a, a tear slowly falls down the side of the gelatinous cube because it's gelatinous and not hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah yeah it's true. i may not be hard but it's not totally it's like not a solid it's like it doesn't have a state weekend. it's not a solid it's not it's not a liquid quite yeah it's a that's a tough place to be it's hard out here for a gelatinous cube (laughs) (laughs) gelatinous ain't easy (laughs) i also have a musical recommendation this week um and uh anyone who has known me for any length of time has probably heard me Uh, tell this story because I love it so much, but um, I haven't like read up on it in a little while. Maybe I should have had like, cause I don't, so I don't have exact dates or, um, or very many of the names of the people involved, but uh, the singer Van Morrison in the late sixties was offered like a, like a major label contract, but he had already signed with a smaller label mm-hmm. and wanted to get out of it so that he could go make more money for this other, um, uh, to fully enjoy this story, do not Google any facts about Van Morrison from like the last <laughs> five years, but um, <laughs> it definitely takes a dark turn. And we can get into that later, but mm-hmm. um at the in in the sixties, he was like I said, I was just trying to get, make a go of his solo career, and but basically his contract was his contract, and they weren't gonna let him go without another. He had had a hit song, and they wanted him to keep going. So one afternoon, I want to imagine that it was a Tuesday afternoon, but it could it it might not have been. But he he tromped down angrily to the studio with a guitar in his hand and just started recording songs in one take. <laughs> and the, the owner of the record label that he was trying to get out of had written the song Twist and Shout. Like that was his <laughs> big claim to fame. So of the like 19 songs on this album, like half of them are like 
jump and yell. <laughs> Hoot and holler. I'm gonna look it up right now. Because, Leap and laughter. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's one of those things that you probably only ever have to listen to once. Although there are a couple <laughs> tracks that I will often put into playlists just to uh, just to amuse myself. But um, he um, four or five of the songs are making fun of the like, <laughs> random engineer who was there that day. Oh, no, he decided to call him. Uh, he decided to call him dumb george so there's <laughs> like here comes dumb george and george is so dumb and yeah <laughs> wow was george from gila bend <laughs> <laughs> yes george from george from gila bend oh man yeah i need to find i think it's this essential album there's a box set that has that has two of his normal i think it's just everything he recorded for this for this record label and his first two albums were like legitimate like things that he worked on um the first song that i ever heard from it that is what um what got me hooked on it is he just sings a song about uh cheese danish oh here's the the exact track list so these are the first five songs twist and shake shake and roll stomp and scream scream and holler and jump and thump <laughs> yeah, there's a song called incredible. ringworm which is just about ringworm most of them <laughs> also uh aren't just named after twist and shout they're basically just <laughs> playing twist and shout <laughs> and making up words to go over it um yeah i like it because it's also like it's also like what to do in case you're on fire you know mm -hmm. like oh it's, yeah, ser yeah. it's servicey yeah Drop and roll. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I said, it's it's something, unless you're a particular weirdo like me, you probably don't need to hear it often, but it's definitely <laughs> worth like a listen just to, to know that story behind it, that like he's just mad to be there <laughs> and, and putting, putting forth zero effort. Um, yeah, the... First George song is Hold On George. And then uh, <laughs> Here Comes Dumb George. Uh, and then track 20, or I, these are oh part God. of a larger album. So these track numbers are meaningless, but uh, there's Goodbye George and then Dumb Dumb George. So, oh no. Or, or George. Or George, yeah. A song uh, called Blow In Your Nose. Nice. Followed by a song called Nose In Your Blow. Oh. Uh, possibly the best title is You Say France and I Whistle. <laughs> so yeah. that, you know, it's funny. That sounds like that's, a, uh, a riff. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go sound, ahead. Sounds like a what? A grift. You know, like how like oh, yeah. grifts always have like, like do the old shim sham or like, you know, do yeah. the old, how do you do? <laughs> It sounds like the. I'm gonna have to think of what what the what the griff for a say the word and well, what is it? Say whistle. You and say France and I whistle. Oh, you, you say France and I whistle. Um, in our next conversation, in our next um sweet potato, I'm gonna have an elaborate scheme. Um, that's I like fun. it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, really quickly, so uh, Van Morrison recording the album in spite reminded me of. of uh, so Marvin Gaye has an uh, album, a kind of a spiteful album called Hear My Dear, which was oh. like uh, released in 1978 oh. because uh, during like the, the preceding few years, he was going through a very uh, difficult uh, divorce with uh, with his first wife. And as part of the divorce proceedings, uh, one of, uh, you know, they were trying to figure out the financial you know, whatever financial splitting up of things. And so uh, his his uh, soon-to-be ex-wife's lawyer had negotiated that, like, whatever, uh, whatever Marvin Gaye's next album would be, that she received, like, uh, half of, of the oh. proceeds or half of, like, whatever money was made off of that. 
so he created he had this recorded this album called here my dear that was uh basically all about their uh relationships and terrible uh, just like uh, it doesn't sound as off the cuff as just like walking into the studio and uh just uh <laughs> rent ranting but like uh yeah and uh and that was kind of his uh his like fuck you to his ex-wife and uh but like apparently and apparently it was like received uh at first as like eh, it's kind of disappointing but like uh people have come around to that album oh yeah interesting i, I definitely yeah have want to have like a shelf on my music library that's just all spite records <laughs> <laughs> do you have amy man's um okay wait do you guys know who amy man is Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So she was and she was from Till Tuesday for our listeners who maybe don't know. Um oh, that's true. The 13-year-olds that listen to us. Um Amy Mann was a she was either like the founding leader or just like member, maybe a member of like a co-member of a group called Till Tuesday in the 80s. Um and then she's gone on to have a really successful solo career. Um like starting in the '90s, she married um, Michael Penn, who also really good singer songwriter. She does. Um, she's done music for Paul Thomas Anderson, the song that they sing at the end of Magnolia. That's Amy Mann. Um, but anyway, uh, oh, and she's in Port- Portlandia sometimes as an actress. She's, she's really funny. Yeah, she's very. Um, she is like friends with a lot of comedians and often does. That's right. And shows with them. I saw. I went to a literary festival in Las Vegas a couple years ago and the event, the like big headlining event at the end was uh, hosted by John Hodgman and Jean Grey and mm-hmm. she was oh. the musical guest. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, really quickly, because John Hodgman and Jean Grey have a podcast together or they used to, right? They did for a minute. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I don't think I know who Jean Grey is. Do they I? did a... Yeah, they did a um, like a breakdown of um, of uh, Marquis. You say he's just a friend. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, where like they took turns doing verses, and then the other one would like dissect the lyrics. It was pretty funny. It was it was really. Oh, good. that sounds funny. Amy, but that Amy Van was was really amazing there too. And I remember, I don't know why this of all like Twitter moments sticks in my head, but. <laughs> During the 2016 election, she tweeted mm-hmm. a picture where she was hanging out with comedy people, and she was teaching Patton Oswalt's daughter how to use Twitter. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's super cute. Yeah, it's just it's a huge bummer that uh, that Patton Oswalt's daughter then became a member of the alt right. <laughs> 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 terrible hateful memes after that thanks a lot uh, amy man <laughs> yeah um okay so in the 90s um i guess so i forget who she'd signed with but she named her album i'm with stupid like the shirt oh, that says i'm with stupid yeah presumably the rumor is is that like because if you're a band and you're like talking to other bands or whatever, or you're like talking to a reporter and they ask like, what label are you with? You're like, oh, I'm with Arista Records or like I'm with Sony or I'm with, um, you know, Sire Records. And she had some sort of interaction with her label um, and wasn't happy with them. So she named her, her album with them. I think it was her last album with them too. I'm with Stupid. Oh, okay. Which I always thought was very cute and clever mm-hmm. and a big F you to her record label. I like that. Yeah. I know. Um, shoot. What's the name of the guy from Credence Clearwater Revival? Was... Uh, Joey Credence? I think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, John, Fogarty. John Fogarty. <laughs> Is it Fogarty. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was Fogarty or Fogelberg because they were both famous around the same time. Oh, oh right. I think it's Fogarty, but I'm yeah. not 100% sure. In the in the early 80s, when he was trying to be a, a solo act, his former record company, because they had signed away everything back in the 60s, 
actually sued him for sounding too much like himself. <laughs> That's awesome. And I don't know if he if he lost the wow. suit or if it just dragged on for years, but he has How would uh, you know if he lost the suit though? Like either verdict, you're yeah. the winner, right? Oh, let's see. Yeah, hard to say. Because you're like, that guy sounds that guy's that guy's standing on my corner, you know? Like that guy's trying yeah. to be like me. But then But he's but he's, then also he's, like Yeah. But so, because this guy, like but because this other guy <laughs> um, owned the rights, like, oh, you can't sound too much like yourself. That's taking away my money. So, oh, um, yeah. So, I, I don't, I, I feel like it didn't go great for him because we had, my parents had one, his, one of his solo albums and it had a song about... It was just a weird, like, this, it was called Vans Can't Dance, and it was just, like, <laughs> just dissing some random guy. And then I read years later that it was his diss track to the record company <laughs> label that sued him. But he, he got all of it back maybe, like, within the last five years. Like, it took... Oh, wow. It took a long time. So I think that sounds like a pretty good... Point to start wrapping up. And there it is, the third episode of the Sweet Potato Podcast, a podcast about things that are excellent. Thanks again to Bradford of Copper Boogie Music for the theme song and all the interstitial music, and we'll see you again soon.